It's roof on the top and then flop on the floor. Welcome back to True North Talk, episode 44. Now, you might think we're crazy, but you just got to stay tuned for more as we dive right in to one first John, chapter 4. Oh, okay. You even surprised me there. What the heck? <laughs> surprised myself a little pocket. bit. I stumbled, I stumbled on it at first, but we got it. We got it. Me and Peter have been trying to do this intro for two hours now. I've been trying to get it right. And he had that in his back pocket the whole time that I didn't even know what was going on. I had to keep it had to keep it had to keep it fresh, bro, you know. You pulled out the ace of spades on me. Yes, first sir. John chapter four. Wow. Now speaking of first John chapter four, we are gonna be talking about testing spirits today. And some of you might be thinking, hmm, maybe these guys should test their spirits with that weird <laughs> intro. <laughs> but I can assure you that our spirits are in alignment with the Holy Spirit, but we'll get more into that later. Um, yes, so today's topic, testing spirits. Uh, the inspiration for today's episode, I think, comes from many places for me personally. Um, I've had several experiences in my lifetime in which... Uh, I've had spiritual inclinations that clearly are not from the Lord. And I just think it's a really interesting topic to dive into and talk about and discuss, which is uh, the reality of demons and Satan's angels trying to influence us. Because I think a lot of people don't think that that is actually happening in our lives. Um, We live in a culture that emphasizes nihilism and materialism and you know just a a divorcing of god and the spiritual side of reality uh we just think about the natural and what we see and feel with our eyes and hands but realistically and as we're going to read here um it becomes pretty evident pretty quickly that demons and and satan's angels are are constantly trying to influence us and there are things we can do to slow this or maybe make it less often but the reality is that behind every human false teaching and uh basically any lie anything that's evil is a spirit behind that and i think it's easy to forget that um and i think it's just just important that we go to god's word about this and see what it has to say so we can you know properly equip ourselves to deal with that when it comes along so any uh opening comments or questions on that peter yeah, I think it's it's very well said, and sometimes it is difficult to discern whether a spirit or just, I, w- I would say a feeling that we have in our hearts or in our minds. Sometimes it's difficult to discern that. So that's what we're going to dive into in this episode. It's something that I thought of. It, it's shades of Joshua one nine. You know, um, like be be strong and courageous. But it's it's a different reference, and I don't remember exactly where it's from in the Bible, but. It basically says, and this is, I think, pretty much as close to word for word as I can get, um, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of courage. And I think that's another area that the devil really attacks us, is making us feel afraid in a variety of different ways, whether it's just fear of you know things that are, that are scary in life in general, whether it's fear of tough situations, whether it's you know, fear of, of messing up or something like that, whatever that fear is, that's not from God. That's not the spirit that God gives us. God gives us a spirit of courage. And I think, I think we'll see that as we read through the passage that we're going to be reading through today. Um, but I, I kind of wanted to start out with that cause it was, that's what I was thinking of while, while you were talking again, was that God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but of courage. And we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit more as we go along. Yeah. And what do you think are some of those fears like, do you have any, I don't know, just any common fears that you feel like people deal with or maybe that you individually have dealt with at times? I think it, in general, well, I know for me specifically, it's kind of anxiety and they can come in a variety of different ways. Just anxiety about, I mean, you can, people have social anxiety. Some people have anxiety, just like generalized, just about life in general or about struggles that they go through, whatever the case may be. Um, and so I would say that's that's an example of fear. And, and kind of like I touched on, I feel like there is kind of a fear of messing up in, in a sense that isn't from God. Like, obviously, God's intent for us is to follow his commands and to live godly lives. But he doesn't want us to be afraid of messing up. I would say hmm. more of what God, the spirit that God wants us to have is 
I, I want to do my best to mess up, but I don't need to be afraid of when I do mess up because we all do. And because we all mess up, if we live in a spirit of fear of sinning, then we're constantly going to be in fear because, again, as human beings, we're flawed and we sin on a daily basis, really. And so if we're living in fear about that, then we're constantly going to be in a constant cycle of fear of, of messing up. And then we do mess up and we get down on ourselves and we beat ourselves up. And then that fear starts to build again that, you know, maybe when we finally get out of that rut, we're like, OK, we're good. And then it sneaks up again. And it's like, oh, my gosh, we're going to, you know, I'm going to. I'm going to mess up again. And that fear, that cycle just continues and continues and just perpetuates and makes the situation worse and worse. Hmm. Yeah. And there's instruction in the word about how to combat fear. And maybe we should kind of go into that a little bit, but I think that even some of the um, takeaways from this chapter will give us guidance on that. So, I mean, I would agree with what you said. I think our, honestly, our world, I don't even want to say culture because I think I just think our world um, suffers with fear. I think fear is pervasive and we see it all around us. Um, and it really is. I, I don't know. Anxiety is another word for fear. Like anxiety, I think, is the feeling that's caused by fear. Like at the root of it, it is fear. And um, I don't know. I just see a lot of like fear of failure in today's world. Mm-hmm. People are fearing um to fail, right? That's, I think that's what prevents people from doing what God has called them to do. A lot of the times is fear of failure, fear of, uh, judgment from others that prevents Christians from truly walking the walk and, and living for Christ is the fear of judgment from others. Then you have the, uh, fear of missing out. That's one of them. Uh, largely I've spoken in the past about like my, uh, frustrations with, and just, discontentment with social media. And I think a lot of that plays into the fear of missing out constantly feeling the need, um, to be, you know, because all these people you follow and your friends seem like they're always doing things, the pressure on you to feel like you always should be doing things, uh, to be posting and keeping up with that, the fear of missing out. Um, you know, there's even the fear of success. And this is something that I've, um, talked about recently is, we can fear failure, but oftentimes, sometimes, uh, I don't even, I guess sometimes, not oftentimes, sometimes the reason that we don't do or what God has called us to do is out of a fear of success. And that can look at, you know, that can look like several different things, but a fear of success, essentially it comes down to, um, the idea that you don't think that you're able to handle who you really could be. You don't think you, you could handle what God has in store for you if it really is what it could be. And this can be really anything. It could be career. I mean, I know personally, and maybe you can give some thoughts on this, Peter, but with me, um, with my aspirations of, uh, serving, you know, in our government, um, that was a dream that I feel like I've had that for quite a long time, but there was reasons that I did not pursue it and actually, you know, work toward that. And it was ultimately because of a few different fears, but one of the main ones, uh, was the fear of success because I knew what it would demand of me if I were to take on that calling and walk in it and strive for that goal is that it would require of me to be, you know, internally a man of strong character, uh, a man that's sold out for the Lord. And, um, also just a lot of work and it's going to, it's, there's going to be failure. There's going to be disappointment. There's going to be judgment from others. There's going to be all these things, but the fear of success is like, what does success require of me? And, um, I don't know if you have anything else, anything to comment on that with, but if not, I mean, I have another pretty, uh, pretty deep example of that in a different area, but I don't know if you have any, any words on that. Cause I know you have some similar sentiments about aspirations. Yeah, I, I would agree the, the fear of success. And I would, the way that I would phrase it is, you know, just what it takes to get to that success is what we often get caught up in and often get caught up in fear of that process. And even, you know, I I think it's kind of a a good thing in a sense to not have a fear about it, but to just have like, I guess a consideration about it or just a thoughtfulness about it and understanding what it does take to get there. Um, And not just flippantly having no idea of, of the work that it does take to be successful. But again, it's something that you shouldn't be afraid of. And yeah, I, I would just kind of echo echo what you were saying. That's that's what I would add to to that, though. 
Well, it can be evident in many areas <clears throat> of our lives and the fear of success, like, you know, a really strong example I have is, uh, my current relationship I'm pursuing, you know, it's, it's incredible to see when God has like opened a door and given something in your, you know, given you something in your life that's amazing, such as a spouse. Um, I think because of the heavy, really indoctrination of our culture of like, oh, you shouldn't get married, you know, um, the heavy, in, you know, influence in our entertainment industry about just failure and relationship failure and issues and problems. You know, a godly marriage is something that is so hard to find that it's, for me, it's like, wow, I, I think to a certain extent toward the beginning of things, I was kind of fearing success in my relationship. Cause I was like, could this really be it? Like, it's kind of hard to believe, you know, and that can be really with anything. I mean, talking career too, you know, it's scary to choose something. What do I want to be? What's my purpose? You don't want to choose it sometimes because it's like, is it really it? Is this really what God has, has ordained for me? Um, and I think really with any of those fears that we have, we can have peace in our decision when we know that we are living in accordance with the will of God. If we're trying to, you know, to do something outside the will of God, which looks like not praying about something, not taking the time to consult with um, others that you trust, not taking the time to to pray and get in the presence of God. If we don't do these things, then we might not be living in accordance with his will. But if we do these things, we make a decision, career, marriage, uh, you know, anything, friendships. These are things that we can have peace moving forward because we know no, no matter what decision we make that God will work it out for us. Matthew six thirty three. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I just want to give a prelude with some of these fears before we go into the scripture about spirits and influence. So before we do that, if you have any other remarks, uh, but if not, we can just go ahead and read. Well, yeah, and just just to add on to what you was what you were saying, I think a lot of that is also rooted in doubt, which I think ties into fear, or maybe is both caused and a cause of fear. And doubt is something that I, I think something that I'm really passionate about, and what I love spreading in this podcast and just in general is how important trust in God is through everything, and. Doubt is the antithesis of that. And when you have that doubt, you're going to have fear. Like like you were talking about, when you're having that success, you doubt, like, maybe you doubt, like, have I really worked to earn this? Why why am I having this success? Oh, is it just going to fall apart at some point? Mm-hmm. Whereas instead, you know, that's an unhealthy mindset. I would say a healthy mindset is, first of all, being grateful to God and, you know, just acknowledging why you're having the success that you're having because at the end of the day that is where it where all success comes from as long as you are living for God um and then also just being like God even if it doesn't remain this perfect all the time I know that you have a plan to see me through any struggles that come up with this and I don't need to be afraid of those and yes, and then just tying it back into the spirit that's the different of uh, difference of the spirit that we need to allow to influence us is that spirit of again of courage of encouragement of you know just godly godly love and compassion and hope whereas the spirits that aren't from god and again will it doesn't necessarily need to be just fear but other spirits in in different areas of our life that will look at you know the spirits that we want to avoid are the ones that cast doubt that cause us to abandon trust in God. And I believe what this passage will help us be able to do is to, again, discern the difference between those spirits. Yeah. And doubt is something that, again, it's like when, when the Lord has opened something up for you or revealed something to you, I'm thinking specifically with career too, with this, because, you know, a lot of times some people don't want to admit like what, you know, what do you want to do with your life? you know, if some people ask me that and I answer it truthfully, um, some people are like, you know, and I've had a lot of people say, I could, I could really see you doing that. You know, God has gifted you in that area. And I, you know, that sounds like a really good plan and I believe in you, but then there's some people, they have doubt. Um, part of the fear of success and not taking that on is you don't want to, you fear that like owning it, you don't want to walk in that, you know, walking in your calling. That's what, 
it's just a powerful phrase that I've been meditating on recently, walking in your calling, walking in who you are in the Lord, knowing your gifts humbly, not saying, oh, I have these gifts, look at me, but knowing what God has given you and using it powerfully and walking confidently in that plan and, and, and that, uh, you know, desire to use those gifts to glorify him. Um, we have to walk confidently really in every, every area of our life. And that's even outside of, uh, just regarding faith. I mean, you have to be, I, w- I want everybody listening to this podcast to be a confident person, not just but with everything, you know, including your spiritual walk, but, uh, choosing confidence. It is a choice just like choosing to be joyful is a choice. Um, we all have that choice, but, um, yeah, uh, I'm ready to go ahead and read the scripture. So I can take, uh, four, one through one through six for now. That works for me. Cool. So first John four test the spirits, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God for many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this, you know, the spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. Uh, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you've heard was coming and now is in the world already. Which that's, inter- that's interesting enough right there, right? That the spirit of the Antichrist was in the world when this book was written. Hmm. Uh, I could go into that, but I don't know if we would open that can of worms. <laughs> Little children, uh, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Hmm. So there's two different spirits listed there. Can you think of any context in which you've had to use this as a test to know what's truth and what's not as far as... uh, every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God, you know, knowing that that's not true. I think what comes to mind immediately for me is maybe a friend that, that you're around or to, you know, to make it personal for my life that I've been around that maybe claims to be a Christian or I guess outwardly maybe portrays themselves as a Christian, but then you kind of see a little bit deeper down what they're, what's beneath that facade and that what they truly want to pursue is not godly righteousness and instead it's things of the world. And so I think for me that that would be an example of where this passage is extremely helpful and it's, it's what it says in verse uh, two, every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. So if you're around, again, to use this example, around a person who, and this is where you do have to discern it a little bit as well, because they might proclaim with their mouth that, yeah, I believe that, that Jesus Christ, you know, came and and was of God but if they don't back that up with how they live their lives I think that's an example of this opposite side you know ant- in a spirit of the antichrist that does not acknowledge Jesus and that doesn't live that out and that kind of speaks to the whole idea of being a man of action right as opposed to being a man of words because it's easy to it's easy to speak a big game, right? It's easy to talk all this talk about who I am, what I do, what I'm about. And that's something that the older I've gotten personally, the less I have tried to speak about. Really <laughs> See that's not funny, but really much at all. I try not to speak that much because it's in Proverbs it's like, you know, blessed is the one who chooses his words wisely. Hmm. It's better to be slow to speak than to speak a whole bunch. And even about your, you know, what you want to do, every word should be glorifying to God, first of all, but, but speaking about what you want to do with your life, even, and just plans and all this and that, I just find that the less you speak and the more that you let your actions speak for themselves, the better it is every time, Hmm. you know, and we can like something as simple as I'm going to shout out my friend here in the podcast. I'm not going to name any names, but my friend is, is aspiring 
I think I inspired him to do his own YouTube channel, which is great. Uh, brings joy to my heart, but he, you know, did all this and he got an expensive computer and, uh, all these plans and everything going into it. And, you know, I kind of had to tell him like, look, I appreciate your, your eagerness to start and by doing all these things and talking about it, but the work is what matters. I said, I would honestly encourage you to start simple, you know, use your phone camera, use a cheap microphone and work it out and edit cheaply on a decent computer. Uh, because the more, it's just a weird thing about, you know, reality that we live in. And I think the Bible speaks to this, especially with that proverb, but the more you speak about something, the harder it is sometimes to actually follow through on it. Like you can talk about for months, Oh, I'm going to be a YouTuber. I'm going to do this and that. But when, when it, you know, when it comes time to do the work, it's more about the work. Uh, because oftentimes the work is not as glorious as talking about it is. And that even comes to your walk with faith. You can talk a big game, you know, but I don't know. I, I just find it like so, um, so common that when we do that, you know, we make it harder on ourselves in some ways. Um, our, our actions need to outpace our words. That's really what I want to say. Our actions should outpace our words. And I think almost in every area of our lives, our actions should outpace our words. And, you know, that's speaking to your friend with your example with your friend. You know, it, do his actions match his words? No. So let's talk about the issue here. Make your actions uh, speak your words for you. <laughs> and I actually had uh, one more example with this recently. Again, I'm not going to name names because I'm not about that. But. Uh, I played baseball. I was trying to play baseball this year before I got some news about my mother. Uh, but, you know, I've tried to play baseball this year. And my former manager, which for whatever reason had a disgruntlement with me, chose to uh, try to dissuade my, my manager this year from drafting me uh, with a bunch of things that were not true about me. And essentially, you know, he asked me what I thought about that. And I said, you know, respectfully, I don't really have much comment. I'm just going to let my play speak for itself. And, um, honestly, I think that that's a good strategy in life. You know, I don't have much comment. I'm going to let my actions speak for themselves. If you're a man of character, your actions will speak for themselves. If you're a man of, of work ethic, your work will speak for itself. If you're a man of dedication, if you're a man of confidence and integrity, it'll speak for itself. You don't have to talk a big game. Now, is it, am I saying you never should do that? No, but I'm saying that we should be careful about how we choose our words. So... I'm yeah. not sure if you have any comment on that, Peter. And just to tie it in a little bit, I guess, or maybe just not even to tie it in more, but to just focus in on the spiritual aspect of it, I, I think it's almost like what, what Jesus said when he condemned the, the Pharisees as basically being whitewashed tombs that on the outside they glorified God with these, you know, magnificent words and, you know, they, with these outfits of, you know, priestly garb, and on the outside, they looked like a perfect example of what a godly man should be. But on the inside, their intentions were wicked and selfish. And they were really just doing all of that so that they could kind of puff up their own chest and be like, oh, look at me. Or because they had the wrong idea that they had to, like, do all these things just to appease God. When that's not what God intended for us at all. Even before Jesus came, it was for us to have a spirit of humility and repentance and a desire to live as God intended us to live, which is a life that glorifies him, that honors him and that follows the standard that he placed for us. And so I think again, to tie it in a little bit more specifically when it comes to our faith is, you know, we should, we shouldn't worry again, like you said, that, that actions speak louder than words and we shouldn't deliver eloquent messages or words or false prophecy. Like we see here, um, of just, you know, at the end of the day, really exalting ourselves and being like, look who I am because, you know, and really 
at the end of the day, we don't even give credit where it's due when we fall into into that sort of mindset is, you know, I'm I'm, I'm a perfect human being. You know, I live a, a godly life and yeah, I believe Jesus died for my sins, but I'm, you know, I'm the, the center of, of this story when really it's about acknowledging that we really just are following what what God wants us to follow I guess trying to trying to find the words here a little bit but um I mean I think what you said kind of probably sums it up best not too much more for me to add that again actions speak louder than words and if you're living a godly lifestyle you don't really need to worry as much about what you're proclaiming obviously at the same time we do want to spread the message and we do want people to know how God can impact our lives, but not for our own selfish gain or to make ourselves look good. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I do this, I don't know, I feel like I do this kind of often on the podcast, but I do bring in books that I've read that are, they're not like, you know, the authors, I don't know, they're, they're, they're not writing for Christians to read the books, but the, the principles in the books really, a lot of the times come from the word and they, they apply. And, you know, this, this comes from, um, another legendary book. I have like, I feel like I have a list of five to 10 books that I just quote all the time because it's so, they're so powerful, but how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. Um, one of the main principles is that, you know, I forget what it's called, what he said exactly, but he was like, a fool is the one who constantly talks about himself to others. Mm. You know how to make somebody disinterested real quick into you is to just talk about your own accomplishments and what you do and what you've done. Like I've found even whenever I do that, like kind of unintentionally, I'm like, Oh, like afterward, I re- kind of realize, like, why do I need to say that? It's just kind of cringe. It's mm-hmm. just kind of cringe. And like, like I said, it's your words. I feel like what happens is our words precede us and they build this expectation that our actions have to come and follow through. I'd rather have my actions precede my words and do the actual hard part first. And then if somebody asks me, yes, this, I did this, you know what I mean? But that's, you know, I also want to disconnect that from, I'm not talking about spreading the gospel. I'm not saying our words should not be much spreading the gospel. Absolutely. I'm saying about speaking about ourselves. You, you know, you mentioned your friend about speaking about himself, about his faith and all that. Be very careful to speak about yourself um, and what you do and who you are prior to your actions backing it up, because that will be the demise. Potentially you'll set yourself up. And it'll be a very humbling experience for you when your actions require your words to follow through. So that's all I'm saying. Um, I, I don't think we, I think I'm agreeing with what you're saying. I just wanted to add that little um, tidbit on the end there. So uh, unless you have anything else to say, we can go ahead and take on verse 7 through 12. Yeah, yeah, and I could, I could read that. Sure. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. Hmm. So two things. What does a what is a sign of someone being from God? Well, if it's what I think you're looking for, it's a it's a four-letter word that we just that I just said a lot there in that passage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't overthink this one, Peter. Yeah. Don't overthink it. <laughs> so, love I mean, I don't know. I I've, I've seen some Christians who are are void of love. Hmm. I don't know about you. Right. I've seen some people that's like, Hmm, are are they loving? Do they really love others? And I'm going to hype somebody up today. I'm going to, I'm going to go in today. I'm going to fire. I'm going to hype them up right now on the podcast. I I don't know if he'll, I'll I'll probably send the podcast to him, but I'm going to give him a shout out here. So my baseball manager, Jacob Foraker, shout out my man. He's 21 years old. Um, he's running a baseball team in, in the central Ohio men's adult baseball league. And I met this man about two, a month and a half, two months ago. Maybe not even that long ago, but tried out for the team a couple times, did a workout. They liked me. They drafted me. 
um, the Ohio Phillies. Shout out to the whole team, really. But I don't know this man that well. I mean, we're we're buddies, right? We met each other, kind of. We kind of clicked. You know, he's a good guy, um, and obviously been to some practices and a couple games. But I'm not like best friends with this man. You know, it's not like we've known each other for years, um, and the love of God that came through him. It was just incredible today. So today, Jacob, I, I let him know that because of my mom, you know, my mom's kind of sick right now, just for those of you who don't know, sure certainly could use the prayers, but um, just because of that situation, I kind of, I had to step away from the team unexpectedly and completely accepting of that, completely understanding, supporting, even to the point of orchestrating a pregame ceremony today. Um, bought a gift basket for my mom, bought flowers for her, bought flowers for my girlfriend's mom. Um, that went over and beyond. Okay. And this is somebody that I'm not extremely, extremely familiar with, like close with. And it just shows the love, the love of God. And I, you know, he wears a cross around his neck and I told him after the game today, I was like, you know, I don't know how, how in depth your relationship with God is, but I just want to tell you like today is just a great example of, of the Lord shining through you. This is what this is. There's no other explanation for it. And uh, it was an honor today. It really was an honor. I, I prayed before the game and, you know, I hope that that was even a testament to others who do not know the Lord, you know. Um, but it really was it really was a love of God. And that just shows you right there. You don't have to know somebody your whole life. If they love God, it's going to flow through them. And then there's some people that you know for years and there's no love. You know, it's it's cold. It's harsh. It's critical. And... I don't know. It just, it's just so crazy to me because right here, let us love one another for love is from God. Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God. It's a clear indicator. Are you saved? If you're saved, you should love your brother. You should love others because God loves us. And I just think it's incredible. So I don't, do you have any experiences like that, Peter? I mean, just for you as you know, a brother in Christ, I've definitely felt that brotherly, godly love, you know, be between both of us before. Um, and yeah, I've, I've had people too in my life that have exemplified that. I, I just, I love what verse 12 says, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And so it, it just shows like, and I think again, a good example, and I think this is why Jesus highlighted it during his time on earth, which really, especially his ministry was not very long at all, but something, you know, and there, sometimes I think the way the Bible is written kind of depicts them as like opponents of Jesus, but it's again, the Pharisees, you know, they wouldn't even want to be around people who were in the lower class or if they ever were, they would do it to keep up appearances and, you know, maybe do some outward act of compassion, but not really show, and I don't even call it compassion, just like an outward show of support when they really didn't have that in their hearts. And so I think what godly love in us shows is it gives us that spirit of love towards others. And like it says here, the the love of God is made complete in us. And so it's, it's almost like it's the kind of circle that you do want to get caught up. And we talked earlier about that circle of, of fear and doubt and, and, you know, when you mess up and you get caught up in that. This is the sort of circle that you want to be caught up in because, you know, it starts with us loving God for who he is as the creator, the savior, you know, just the orchestrator of our lives. And then when we when that love grows, it then rubs off on other people. And it, it, when, and then when we love other people more, it kind of, again, cause and effect causes us to love God even more. And I mean, a true spirit of love is, you know, like you said, with, with your baseball coach, you know, reaching out in a moment of, you know, a tough moment for, for, for you, Joe, and, and for your mom that, you know, he shows, you know, again, Neither of us maybe maybe neither of us knows for sure whether he is saved or not, but I would assume it's an example of you know the love. Well, he later of, admitted just real quick. I want to give him the credit due. He, right. he's a believer, so awesome. I just didn't know awesome. that for sure. sure. But yeah, he yeah. did say that. And so I mean, even even more so, we know then that that's an example of God's love at work. And so yeah, just to kind of wrap that all up, 
if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say, um, you know, just keeping a little running list here, um, testing every spirit. So the object of the episode is how do you test the spirit? So now we have testing spirits, um, in the sense of, do they confess that Jesus is from God? If not, it's, it's a false spirit. It's an evil spirit is a spirit from coming from a place of a Christ centered worldview. If it's not a worldly person with that view and that spirit, sure. They may be, they may be right some of the time, but it's not all, it's not consistently true. Right. It's kind of like, um, the whole idea of, of Jordan Peterson giving good advice before he was saved. Like it's possible for worldly people to give sound advice, but the advice itself comes from the word and they don't acknowledge it. But you have to be wary of those spirits because they're not coming from a, a point of believing that Jesus is God. So we have one way. Are they from God? Or, or do, they, do they confess that Jesus is from God? If so, yes, it's from God. If not, it's not from God. The second example here, verse 7 through 12, is do they have love? Is the spirit one of love? Or is it a spirit of criticism or hatred or malice or jealousy? Um, any of those, not from God. So now we have two examples. So I, I think it's been a little bit since I've read uh, this second, third section here, but I think there's going to be another one right here. So, um, Peter, do you want to read this? Or if not, I yeah. can. Yeah, I can. Do you want me to read through the rest of the chapter? 13 through 21, yeah. Yeah, perfect. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. Mm -hmm. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. Mm. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he, God, has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. So who is our brother and sister? Who do you think that is? I would say anybody. Maybe specifically here it means fellow believers, but really I would say as human beings, um, anybody is, is a brother or sister to us. Yeah. So I guess maybe we could say the, the theme here of the third section is, uh, you know, love again, brotherly love, but 14 and we've seen and testify and we've seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe that the love of God has for us to believe the love that God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. So it's kind of this, uh, this three, three pronged thing here of love God and us. If we love God, we'll love others. If we love others, we'll love God most of the time. But if we don't love God, we're not going to love others. And if we don't love others, we can't love God. Right? So love is at the center here. And, uh, really, I think it's a good, a good template, Peter. Maybe you can give me your thoughts here, but you know, it, let's, for example, you know, a, ne- a negative thought, you get anxiety or something like that. Is that coming from a place of love? I wouldn't say so. It's the spirit of anxiety. No, I would say it's, it's not from love. I, what stood out to me here was, and we have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. What what you were re- repeating there, I think what stands out to me from that is when we see the love that God had for us in sending his, his only son to the earth to die for us, it, it can only cause us to have that same, same love for, for others. And I'm not saying that the love that we have is on the same level as what God shows to us, but it's, it's something that kind of, you know, I would say trickles down to us and it drives out those those feelings of anxiety, which again, those feelings, I don't think in any way come from love. Yeah, no, it's the, it's the opposite of love. It's fear. And 
I don't know, something that I feel like the Lord's putting this on my heart to share in this podcast as well is the idea of, um, you know, we've talked in the past and I say kind of often just in general that like nothing worth having comes easily. And that's something that it's a, it's a good principle generally speaking to carry in life. But when it comes to the love of God and grace, it's not true. Okay. Grace comes easily and it's very good. And, um, that's, that's something that I think we need to grasp as Christians, but, but even as unbelievers, if there's anybody listening, the grace of God comes easily and uh, people think that they have to do this big list of things to be saved. They have to be good people and perfect people. Uh, I think that's an apprehension for others to feel like they can be saved is like, I don't have, you know, I don't have this godly lifestyle that I'm living so perfectly, but the grace of God comes easily. You don't have to work for it. And, and the love of God, right? It, it comes easily. It, we, all we have to do is just go to his, his throne and submit and, and confess. And uh, the Spirit of God will be in us and with us. And uh, think of my, one of my favorite verses, probably my favorite verse, First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he will forgive us our sins, cleanse us of all unrighteousness. It's all it takes is us confessing and repenting and meaning it. And the love of God that right here is present um, will be with us. But I think even with our, with friendships, relationships, um, and just in life, if we walk through life without love and grace, it's going to be a very impatient and harsh, sharp life. You know, I have so many experiences in my workplace, even where, um, it requires grace. (laughs) It requires me to have grace being in a position of, uh, kind of overseeing others. If you don't have grace, you're not going to be an effective leader because, you know, knowing human beings in the fallen state of man, grace is, is so, so even more required when you're overseeing and when you're leading. Um, and in, in relationships, right? Grace is something that comes easily. That's good. It's, it's like we need to offer grace. And I think that's a quality that comes with love. So I don't, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but it's just something that spoke to me. Definitely. I mean, I, I agree with that. And, and also kind of to answer your, your question from earlier, maybe even a little bit better. Um, I mean, verse 18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. And I think that kind of brings a little bit full circle to what we talked about at the beginning about fear and doubt. And here's a, a picture of what fear, because fear has to do with punishment so I think we kind of fear the retribution that we'll receive, whether from God or from others, you know, when we mess up or we fear, you know, rejection in whatever area that might be relationally in a job, whatever the rejection might be. Um, We might just fear. And there is a healthy balance to this last one. um, But I would say we don't want to have fear in the sense of what it's talking about here, but a fear just of, of the consequences for when we do something wrong. And so yeah, again, what it's, what it's saying here is there, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. And I think that's just really encouraging and kind of ties, I think all of this together and shows, I think another pretty clear picture of the difference between these spirits, um, of a spirit that, is, you know, from God and of God and, you know, those, those false prophets that are, that are in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, perfect love is something we have to cultivate every day and, and strive toward and really submit ourselves in the presence of God, knowing our lives, if we submit to him, it will be in his hands and that we can trust him at every single step of the way. Okay. Every, it, this is what I want to stress right now is that you get kind of fired up about it, but anything we face in this life, anything we can overcome through Christ, anything, even death, we overcome death through Christ. Hmm. I was actually reading through my journal entries the other day uh, and my past journal entries and kind of some goals I was writing down and something struck me, something that came out of me. I was like, where did that come from? And it was a Holy spirit because it was like, there's only one thing that can stop me in this life from what, from accomplishing what I want to. And that's death. And I don't fear death. I don't fear death and praise God because that's, that's the, 
that's the courage that he gives us. When you're, when you're speaking about courage earlier, Peter, courage is not fearing death. And if you don't fear death, you don't really have anything to fear because anything that happens in this life, we can, and we will overcome with Christ. But, uh, to top that off and kind of to wrap everything up, uh, I want to go ahead and read Isaiah 41, uh, verses one through 11. So if everybody wants to pull that up, it says Isaiah 41, be silent before me, you islands, let the nations renew their strength. Let them come forward and speak. Let us meet together at the place of judgment. Who has stirred one up from the east, calling him in righteousness to his service? He hands nations over to him and subdues kings before him. He turns them to dust with his sword, with to windblown chaff with his bow. He pursues them and moves on unscathed by a path his feet has not traveled before. Who has done this and carried it through, calling forth the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, with the first of them and, and with the last, I am he. The islands have seen it in fear, and the ends of the earth tremble. They approach and come forward. They help each other and say to their companions, be strong. The metal worker encourages the goldsmith and the one who smooths with the hammer spurs on the one who strikes the anvil. One of uh, one says of the welding, it is good. The other nails down the idol so it will not topple. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, you descendants of Abraham, my friend, I took you from the ends of the earth, from its farthest corners I called you. I said, you are my servant. I have chosen you, and I have not rejected you. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. Hmm. Nothing. Okay? We have nothing to fear in this life, guys. Really, that's, that's what we need to take home from today, in my opinion. Uh, when testing these spirits, fear, I think, is the most powerful weapon the enemy has has to use but i'm just going to read this again do not fear for i'm with you do not be dismayed for i am your god i will strengthen you and help you i will uphold you with my righteous right hand all who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish that's the confidence we need to walk with that's the courage we need to walk with and to wrap it all up that is the spirit we need to take on and like i said we need to walk confidently in our calling um, I encourage everybody listening today to do the work and pray about the gifts God has given you so that you can walk with confidence in your calling and to own it and to be proud of your salvation through Jesus. Amen. So I'm not sure if you have any final thoughts, Peter, but if not, I'm ready to kind of wrap this thing up. No, I mean, I think, I think what you read in Isaiah and specifically, I think verse 10 is a, a perfect antidote to again when we're testing these spirits and if we're not sure whether one's from God or of the world and and I hope after listening to this episode and even both of us talking through this episode all of us can better discern what is a spirit of God and what is a spirit of the of the world and just to read verse 10 in Isaiah 41 one more time um, so do not fear for I am with you do not be dismayed for I am your God I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Mm. That's like you said, that's the power that we have in us. If we are in pursuit of faith in God and we don't have to fear the things of the world or failure or anything Mm -hmm. because we have God backing us. Amen. We have the creator of the universe behind us and uh, he's involved in every single part of our, our journey. He's called us before the foundation of the world, and it's it's truly incredible to grasp that. And I don't think we need to not like downplay that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> How is it so easy to forget about that? Like nobody talks about that. Right. Before the excuse me, before the foundation of the of the earth, we were chosen and called by God. Isn't that incredible? There's yeah. a there's a song I would recommend everybody to listen to regarding this uh, this podcast. It's something I've been playing over and over. I heard it in my church not too long ago, we played it in our worship. It's called the power of the cross by Stuart Townend. And there's a lyric it literally has brought me to tears. Okay. I'm, I'll be vulnerable. I don't like, I'm not a big crier. I don't <laughs> cry a whole, a whole lot. You know that Peter. Um, but, and I don't, I don't mean like I was sobbing, like, Oh, I have no control crying, <laughs> but you know, that feeling when you just, some tears just come forth and yeah, it's, um, I've definitely felt that too the lyric is, Oh, to see my name written in his wounds. Hmm. 
wow. just that image. Yeah. And then like, that's like right when the, the chorus hits and it's kind of like a live right. version of the song. You can just hear the crowd just like really come mm-hmm. alive and the Holy spirit comes alive. And it's like, our names were written in his wounds, the living God, the son of God, our names were in his wounds. It's just so incredible. It's yeah. so awesome. <laughs> it just makes me want to <laughs> sing right now. Right. But, well, I wouldn't be opposed to that if you wanted to, but I, I would encourage everybody either pause at this point in the episode or, you know, we're close to wrapping up here to just really, really stop and think about that. I, I love that line that you said, um, you know, our, our names are written in his wounds mm-hmm. that from before time, God's purpose for every single one of us that accepts his message was to be a part of that plan and to have forgiveness because of the death of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And if you had something quickly to add to that, then I have one more quick passage that I think just shows the power of God. Cause I would encourage everybody as well. Again, either at some point during this final part of the episode, pause it or when you're done listening to just maybe go outside and just kind of sit in your own thoughts and your own, just magnification of God and glorification of him and just realize how powerful he is. And again, I have one, one quick passage that I think of anytime I think of the majesty of God. Yeah. I don't really have too much else to say on that. I think I kind of said what I wanted to say. So if you want to go ahead and read that, I'm cool with that. Perfect. And this is, but I, hold, actually, so again, sorry, I, <laughs> go, ahead, yeah. back. go ahead. <laughs> uh, no, I would echo, you know, the, the intentionality of going and taking time. It's something yeah. Peter and I have really been dealing with recently, which is just, just really overload of schedule. Um, mm-hmm. Time is just so such of the essence, you know, especially when you're young and you're trying to work and build and have all these other responsibilities. We do need to make time and just take time and go be with the Lord. And even if you're not saved, turn on a worship song, you know, and just let it soak and uh, pray and ask, you know, there's nothing hurts in praying like, Lord, mm. if you're out there, reveal yourself to me, seek him and he'll, he'll reveal himself, you know, seek and you'll find knock and you'll, and you'll have an answer. Um, it will be shown to you. He, he will reveal himself to you, but you have to seek him earnestly. So yeah, I would, I would disagree with that before you read that. Just take some time, you know, go out and really meditate and seek the Lord and, and he'll, he'll show himself to you. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent. And what kind of prompted this was I had a just unbelievable opportunity that kind of left me speechless, but just in awe of God, I had an opportunity last Sunday to, go out and see, see, not, not as well with my own eyes as the, the pictures that I was able to get, um, with some long exposure photography, but seeing the Northern lights Mm. was just a moment. And I I remember just sitting there watching them. And to my eyes, it kind of looked like lightning behind clouds, the way they were just kind of moving in the sky. And then when I saw the pictures, it was just like, wow, God, your creation is so magnificent. And it, it, it made me think of this passage. And then when I shared with my family, my dad, you know, uh, wrote this, this verse reference specifically, but I'll read the rest of Psalms 19 verse one is a real good indicator of what that, that was about. But the rest of the, the uh, Psalm is very, very powerful. Okay. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after night, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their their words to the end of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched the tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey than honey from the honeycomb. 
By them your servant is warned, in keeping them there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Mm, Amen. What was that line about the honeycomb? They are sweeter than honey than honey from the honeycomb. Mm. Yeah. The priest, the decrees of the Lord. Yeah, it really is. I just, you know, it's incredible. It really is another reason to take some time and go outside, especially when the weather's mm-hmm. getting nice now. Um, I, I have a special place that I always used to go and it's actually the place I'm going to get married <laughs> funny enough, <laughs> but, um, just getting outside in nature and just breathing, you know what I mean? Just getting the fresh air, looking at the sky, looking at the, the green trees. There's just something about it. I think it's yep. just allows us to connect with God in a special way that maybe else, you know, may not be the same in other, other areas. Um, but yeah, praise God with that, with that word there. That was a really good way to, to kind of encapsulate our message today. And so I would encourage everybody to, you know, test those spirits. Is it, is it from a place of love? Is it, if it's not, it's not from God rebuke that. Um, if, is it coming from a place of, of acknowledging that Jesus Christ is from, is the son of God and he is from God. If not rebuke the spirit. Um, but we need to be aware of these things so that we can protect ourselves and our minds and our hearts and uh, to live godly lives and to walk uprightly. But another takeaway, and maybe this, in my opinion, this might, you know, I like this takeaway. I think it's very powerful is just to have love for others and to have grace and to walk in, to walk in our calling, Right. Walk in the calling God has given you confidently. Walk with your shoulders back, your head up. Know who you are in the Lord. Be humble. Let your actions speak for themselves. I think I gave some good examples of actions that show the love of God today. And when your actions precede your words, I think generally speaking, it's a pretty good pretty good outcome. So live for the Lord. Walk confidently. Let your actions speak for themselves. And uh, the Lord shall bless you. And... Um, take joy in his commands, you know, as, as Peter read there at the end with the Psalm, take joy in his commands. They're, they're sweeter than honeycomb and they, they really purify our soul. They purify us. And, um, yeah, I mean, just so many good takeaways from today. Definitely. So. Very, very powerful episode and would echo all that you had, all that you said there at the end. I don't think I really have anything else to add except, you know, that, God, I think God makes himself evident if you look after him. Yeah. If you search for him truly. And I think that's why people find it difficult to discern between spirit of God and spirit of the world is because they aren't really searching for it. Right. Because I feel like even just in creation, God makes himself known and clear. But even in the situations where it might seem more difficult, I truly believe that God makes it evident when it's his spirit versus when it's a spirit of the world. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's evident. And if we put the work in, we can discern that, but we have to take it upon ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why I'm saying, you know, we need to be aware because it's easy to just, to just ignore these things. You know, you can just walk unknowingly and just think, you know, not think anything of it. And then before you know it, you're, you're thinking that a spirit of Satan is, is telling you something that's true, but you need to test the spirits. That's the thing we have to, t- we have to test the spirits. It's, it's our responsibility to test the spirits and to pray. And if it's evil, rebuke it with power hmm. rebuke it in Jesus name speak against it Amen. cast it out tell it to go back to, to hell it doesn't belong here so take that on but yeah I don't have anything else to add Peter so uh, would you like to uh, wrap us up in a prayer of course let's yeah. do it Father God I just want to thank you for an opportunity to dive into a very powerful message very powerful passages today um I pray that whatever whatever it is, something would stand out to somebody from this message, whether it's the godly love that we should have for others, whether it's having faith instead of fear and trust over doubt, um, or just having that overall general discernment of knowing when a spirit is from you or from the world, God. I pray that you would just provide each of us with those those spirits that come from you, God, 
with the spirit of spirit of 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 the living Savior, mm. and that you would just show yourself to to everybody listening to this episode, whether they're saved or not. You know, whether it's revealing yourself more to those who already know and follow you, Lord, or maybe it's for the first time, Lord. I pray that you would just be at work at at everybody's hearts and minds, mm-hmm. and that you would just allow these words that come from you, Lord, not from us to uplift everybody who hears them today. Yeah. Lord, I want to echo that God. I want to pray that I want to ask your Holy spirit. God would touch anybody listening right now. I just pray that it would come down Lord and be with them. Um, I pray that you'd give them discernment. God, I pray that you would allow them to discern when it, when it's a spirit from Satan, God, that should be rebuked. God, I pray if there's any spirits from hell influencing anybody from this listening right now, or even with, with Peter, I speak against that Lord in the G in the name of Jesus. Um, I just ask that the Holy Spirit, God, just be so present in our lives, so evident, God. We just we just live for you, and every action, every word is for you, and it's nothing for us, nothing of our own doing. God, I pray we are reminded that every day is, is a lease of life, and every breath. I just pray our words glorify you. I pray we walk in our calling. I pray for confidence, a godly confidence, and I pray for humility for everybody. And... Lord, I would have, using the words just prayed by Peter, I want to pray that the, the spirit of the living Savior just come alive in all of us and I pray that we be able to know that spirit. And with all these things, I pray in your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you for listening to episode 44. I think it was a really good episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please uh, remember to leave us a like or a rating on Apple and Spotify. It really does help us out. So I really would encourage you guys to do that if you have a little bit of time share the podcast with somebody who needs to hear it with that being said we'll catch you in episode 45 peace